Dungeons and Dragons, a classic pastime brought down through the ages. A game where a dungeon master and its players intermingle in a world created by that master. Most of these games are simple and, and basic. Some of them involve into such magnificent stories that seem to be the stuff of a legend. And then there's my group. Welcome to Idiots in the DM Podcast. This is your DM here, Rurk, and I regret everything. Please wallow in my misery as you listen to the tales of the idiots and the DM. Okay, so I'm pretty much starting this off as a brand new slate. So I will be taking some aspects of the previous campaign, but I'm also going to pretty much wiping the slate clean of everything that happened kind of so the lich threat is still going to remain that is still going to be a thing but that's going to be something that's already transpired and you know timeline kind of move forward a bit so the world is of is knowing of this already already apparent threat now that of course is one of many things that will be going on in the world that I have heard, I have set up already. But uh, for the current lore, we're looking at uh, you all um, are seasoned adventurers. You guys, you guys have already joined an adventure guild in some type of city state, whether it be the dwarven, the elven, the orcish, or the human empire on this continent. So you guys have already are seasoned enough to have a few ranks underneath you. You guys will be all starting at uh, the civil rank, uh, uh, the uh, silver rank of the system. So you're not, you know, you're not brand new. You're a bit seasoned. You, you know, you got money a bit. Uh, You will be, of course, starting in your uh, pretty much primitive armor for right now. Because, while yes, you might be silver rank or adventurers, we're starting you guys at level four, so it's not going to be, you know, we're not throwing into wartime fucking mechanics and shit like that. Now, for the overarching lore that all of your characters will already know, and uh, basically general knowledge, uh financially the human kingdom is suffering and that has greatly affected their status among the world they've been looking for new avenues to go ahead and uh reinvent themselves and get them back on track to as being a uh leading powerhouse the dwarven a- empire has of course supplied them with with currency in the past and they have unfortunately accumulated so much debt with them that the dwarven uh, empire is uh, about to put sanctions onto the human empire the elvish uh, community has been in a heated debate about electing their new emperor and empress as uh, the previous elven king and queen kind of just left it up to parliament to do whatever the fuck they want as as they left their monarchy. Um, they have decided to set up a a kind of war games type of thing with the available uh, would-be emperors and empresses and basically they need to go accumulate some type of valor and to uh, for their first stage of the the games so to speak is to accumulate some type of major valor a few of the uh candidates have already returned uh, with their with their you know s- symbol of valor while uh, a few of the others are still searching for their you know, their focus. Uh, those candidates have also 
reach out towards the different adventure gales for assistance with this matter and their quests are will be listed as uh possible things on the adventure board when we get to that part the orcish lands have been developing rapidly they have they have become more tuned to their shamanistic side and have been in great com- uh communication with both the elements and also the spirits of the past this has draw uh drove this has driven them to explore different parts of the lands that they inherit and they they hold and in doing so they have uncovered uh their past civilizations mega structures and stuff like that and they've they've been finding cities that they have lost and they have begun reclaiming them due to this they have also put out numerous requests to the adventurers guild to help uh dive into these ruins and discover their their inner workings most of these ruins uh have been seen to have been haunted or they're they basically got turned into a monster's den at this point so the orcish even though they are a proud people and a strong people they are not but it's not beneath them for them to reach out and ask for help from adventurers to clearing out these these enemies of of their civilization um the dwarven kingdom has been very meticulous in their planning and their and their just daily diplomatic relations with both the orcs the elves and the uh humans not only do they have the humans basically in their pocket and they they can basically just turn to them and be like you know we own 60% of you so you're doing what we tell you to but they haven't done that yet they they are thinking more more of a long-term goal so yes they continue to shell out money to both the elvish candidates and also the their uh the human empire but they're also funding the expeditions for the orcish uh tribes of course people on the outside see this and they come become extremely suspicious of the dwarven's actions due to the fact that they are more internal and they don't really let their business be known to others now from uh each society standpoint the dwarvens uh the dwarvish people are still more excluded i would say from the rest of the rest of the world they they have a few city states and they owned they own pretty much the largest reserve of earthly metal on the continent so already everyone has to come to them for their iron their ores their their silver and their weapons and stuff like that but now they're slowly starting to dip into just regular politics this has raised many questions and several investigations have started to appear on various I guess whistleblowers call the adventurers guild had picked up these uh these investi- investigation quests and they have been they've been on the board for a while but it seems anyone who has taken the uh, who's taking those quests has never returned from the dwarven uh the dwarven kingdoms so they've been sitting there for about quite quite a while now for the more pressing threat of the world is of course the lich the lich made himself known after a massive green light erupted into the sky signaling the lich's uh, the lich's arrival in the world 
that green light was seen pretty much everywhere on the continent and also on a fur- on the further continent that uh, there hasn't been much communication with. The last time this lich was saw was when a massive undead dragon uh, tore through the skies and headed uh, north northward towards a vast mountain range. The lich has been very quiet since then, but there has been rumors of numerous undead creatures being spotted in those mountains. And the Dwarvish Committee has sent out a request to the adventurers guilds across the nation or across the continent to investigate those mountains and find why these undead are now appearing. So we kind of fucked up with the lich situation. Like that's going to be the main threat I feel, right? Well, right now it's one of many. So, oh, one of many. Okay. Yes. For the generic, you know, big bad evil guy type of situation, yes, that lich is there. But there's also other problems like, you know, the greedy dwarves suddenly amassing enough fortune to underwhelm basically all three kingdoms. You have the Elvis selection going on that could very well put in a tyrant into power. And then you have the orcs just fishing around in, in ancient ruins that, well, you never know what you could pull up there. And of course, the human kingdoms, uh, you know, emptying coffers that uh, if they get taken over by the Dorvish kingdom, then, well... GG humanity, basically. Now, yes, the main continent you guys are on is is technically the uh, eastern continent. It is uh, it is very large, so there's plenty of areas to maneuver, and it'll take you you know an extreme amount of time from going from the very top to the very bottom of the continent. Now, the western continent. Uh, there has been some communication with it. You have met uh, the people on the Eastern have made limited contact with the races that live over there, but majority it has been, you know, nothing more than that. Just a basic acknowledgement that they are there. Of the Western continent, most of the races who live there will be the the Arakoa, the um, the Goliaths, Tieflings are also a part of the Western Conf- continent. Probably should put my fucking light on so I can see. Darkness. Yeah, I'm kind of using my computer light, and it's like, huh. Oh, you're trying to be fancy and just use your dark vision, huh? Well, I don't got no fucking dark. But yeah, the... <laughs> the continent you guys are on most uh, mostly houses the Dwarven, the Elvish, the Orcish, and the Human Empires. The Halflings and Gnomes also uh, square up with the Dwarves. So they're kind of all living there. The... The Tieflings, the Dragonborn, the Arakoa, the Warforge, Genasi, the Goliaths, those are all more prominent on the Western continent. In the north, in the north, Leonin, Satyrs. Bugbears, Azimirs, or Azimars, excuse me, and the Kenku are more prominent. Now, for the other races, they're more kind of everywhere. So, like the minor races, like the Tabaxi, the Triton, 
the Yuan T pure blood, the lizard folk, they're more pretty much everywhere else in the world and like kobolds and shit like that too. Of course, chain leans are intermingled in pretty much any society. So, you know, find your mimic basically same with shifters. But, uh, you guys are aware of the different planar forces. So they're the different planes. So the plane of fire, the fucking Fey wild shit like that. You guys are familiar with it. Um, the Loxodon, which are the elephant, uh, people, they are ambassadors of the Feywilds, and they will appear here and there in the story. But uh, you really shouldn't have too much dealing with the Feywild unless you guys are like, yo, let's go visit that shit. But yeah, that is pretty much the world in entirety. And like just general knowledge. Of course, you guys can deep dive uh, a bit more with, uh, you know, literature in the actual story, which I don't know if you guys will see it because I probably didn't set the channel, but there is a lower channel and I'll be filling that out with not only the information I just gave you, but as we continue down the story, I'll be filling uh, more information about, you know, different events and shit like that in that channel. Since we are now starting fresh, Let's get introductions out of the way. We'll go down the list, introduce your character and your uh, your your class. You don't have to go into too much detail of who you are because, you know, you're supposed to find that out during our sessions and not while we're doing introductions. So, uh, Atreus, we'll start you off since you're at the top of the list. Okay. Uh, Atreus is... Uh, Azamar, heavy-wearing paladin cleric. All right. And then we'll go down to uh, Gwarf now. I'm Gwarf, the Warhammer Swinging Barbarian Rogue Hunter. All right. We'll go down to Sakis. I'm Sakis. Uh, I'm a paladin warlock. Uh, kind of a drunk, but yeah. Okay. And then, of course, I am your DM here, Rurk, and I will be leading you on this lovely adventure that we are having. And hopefully, it goes well. Only time will tell. But uh, for our sessions, we will be using Tailspire because, you know, I like that program. It is quite it is currently a bit limited, so you know, you might see duplicate pieces right now, but it's being added to every single day, so eventually we'll be getting more unique uh, models and shit like that. Since we're gonna be keeping pretty much this entire session as a more of an introductory, we're not gonna jump in the tailspire, but uh we just wanna go ahead and pretty much get the setting started for everyone. So it's going to be pretty much ad lib, but I want to get this all set up and go. Hey everyone, this is Brian here. I would like you all to meet our new collaborator in our Dragon Plunging Endeavors, Obsidian Portal. Obsidian Portal is looking to be your new go-to Game Master's Notebook tool. It comes with different services for managing your campaign, such as a campaign wiki, character tracking for your NPCs, so you don't lose track of which friend is which. An adventure log and a built-in scheduler to never miss another session. Sign up today for a base account for free. Or for only $5.99 a month, you can upgrade to an ascendant membership and get extra storage along with a hefty bundle of goodies to help you out. Obsidian Portal works for any game system, be it D&D to Pathfinder to Starfinder or Shadowrun. It got you covered. So sign up today and unlock your campaign's true potential by joining over 100,000 gamers at obsidianportal.com. That's O-B-S-I-D-I-A-N portal.com and get your game back on track. 
Let know the Dragon Plunger sent you. <sighs> okay. Oh he, oh, he did a cough. No, I was fucking sucking down water after I've been talking for about 30 fucking minutes. Oh, well. Thought you were just getting getting excited about the whole session. Nah, my throat's fucked. <laughs> well, damn, sir. So we'll be starting this with a... Uh, t- today is a bright summer day, and you all are overlooking an entire village. This village is pretty much one of the trading hubs of the continent. Very large and popular city that has no leader that's affiliated with any of the major city-states. This entire city was meant to be just a waylay and a trade center. It's located directly in the middle of each three continental influencers, I would say. And its name is Lomix. The city has always been bustling, owned by merchant lords and their rivals. It has always been a mixture of cultures and a melting pot of history. The very first trade was done here, not between city-states, but in a neutral town. And that history has made this entire uh, entire town just explode from a few houses to now in a metropolis. This also housed one of the largest adventurers guild on the continent, a neutral hub where missions from any city-state could be located. This is where your journey will start, in this Adventurer's Guild. The building itself, akin to a castle. Not only are there thousands upon thousands of quests available to you, There are also hundreds of adventurers lining its halls, all talking about their latest hunt, their latest quests, all sharing information to be available to you as well. Although the guild has a minor influence in the city, it has connections to all the different major merchant groups whether you need armor, weapons, magic, lore, you can find it in this hub. And if you can't find it, you can be directed to whoever has that information. The Adventurer's Guild is broken up into several different factions. The first being just the general adventurers group. Steadfast warriors who are available for all, looking for their next paycheck. A more akin to mercenaries, but with a badge to prove that they are not lawless. The second is the information core. Rogues and and spies all line this this hall, but They don't do it in malicious intent. They do it for the guild. Any information that passes through others' lips, they will hear it. And they, those words will be recorded in the halls of secrets. Then the next faction to bring into, into light is the Warriors Guild. These are Colosseum veterans who have taken a step back from the fame to cheat the next generation of warrior. Though some of them still compete in the games in the various cities, most of them are reserved in teaching the younger generations on how to fight, how to uh, how to farm, and also how to build upon their own set of skills. 
And then finally, last faction of the Adventurers Guild will be a hybrid. It is both the administrative units for the guild, but also the keeper of the uh, the keeper of just the magic arts for the guild. Sorcerers and wizard uh, frequent their library to learn new spells, prepare them for the for the next days. They have many tools at their disposals, whether they be links to re uh, reagents to additional uh, help while doing ritual spells. Any spellcaster who is affiliated with the guild will be present here. Now, as all Adventurers Guild out in the world, this one is also equipped with a full tavern-esque area that serves both mead and food. This is where we find you all. Both relaxing and indulging yourselves after whatever your character was doing prior to this. You all unknown to each other, but in your relative seating arrangements, you do take notice of each other. <laughs> so, uh, I guess I'm probably sitting, what, on the, at the table. I'm probably drinking my beer, whatever. And I kind of notice, uh, some two weird figures coming in, uh, a barbarian and uh, another paladin. I kind of introduce myself with slur. How are you doing? The name's a kiss. Your names? Atrius. Gross. Atrius? Nice. How long you been here? I'm on my, my fourth drink right now. I just got back from uh, working on Blacksmith. A Blacksmith. This is going to be interesting. What about you, Gwarf? Who's Gwarf? Gwarf. Gwarf? My bad. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm slurring a little bit. A little bit of the bubbly. Eh. Idiots like you should get out of my presence. If the encumbered by alcohol shall weaken you. So you two are approached. Um, you guys are sitting at the bar and approached by this drunken paladin just reeking of booze. He introduces himself and you both unfortunately give quick responses. The barmaid comes uh, comes walking by looking, da- uh, looking down towards you with a great big smile. Oh, you're trying to get uh, your throat wet like this one, eh? Nah, don't want to be drunk like that one. Mm, I see. Well, what are you having then? One cake should do, and I'll be done for the night. So the barmaid looks down towards you. Uh, looks down towards the towards Gwarf, and then uh, she gives a quick nod, pulling out uh, a barrel and breaking off the top of it with a glass mug, pouring the entire barrel like uh, like a fresh carton of milk in, uh, into the glass until it's at its very, uh, very brim. She slides it down towards you. She then grabs another glass, repeating the process, barrel over shoulder, pouring it down. As that glass fills, she throws it down towards it, throws this one down towards Atreus. She puts the barrel back un, back down underneath the counter, and it lands with a with a uh, with a heavy thud. She gives a nod to you both, and then says, "Enjoy your breeds." Thank you. One of the bar patrons looks down towards you guys as you guys uh, receive your drinks, and then uh, he. He's a wiry fellow. He's kind of kind of shaky and you know, he looks a bit kooky, but 
you know, you see the 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 platinum crest on his uh, on his cloak, showing that he's a platinum adventurer. And he says, uh, in in his shaky voice, well, I, I don't understand how that woman's so strong. She shouldn't be that strong. That's so so strange. They're supposed to be delicate, gentle, but no. No, Hilda. Hilda could lift a mountain if she wanted to. So, so strange. He then begins to drown himself, shaking and all in his drink before him. Wait, wait, this man is terrified of... Oh my god, that is... Was she like an adventurer or something before him? I don't know, you can, uh... Maybe look towards that, uh... That barmaid and... You know, maybe throw a perception check. Maybe a little bit of insight check on the side. Well, my perception was only a four, you know, a five. My insight was a 19. Well, you don't see, uh, you don't really see anything besides that. Uh, this is a very large woman. And, uh, very well built. But as you ponder about about her various muscular uh, muscular structure, you notice several scars all over her exposed flesh, and then you notice that uh, that her her muscular structure reminds you of of just Amazons of the Western continent. So, the barmaid in Vincent Amazon. Oh, okay, so. No, not to get in a fight with her. Cool. Thanks for letting me know. She's gonna be a problem. No bar fights. I guess I'll look at the other two and I kind of ask them uh, what business do they have and if they're maybe heading back to the guild, pick up a job or anything. Uh, question are we it's known to us in any of those factions you had mentioned uh those guild factor are we from like any of those factions you had mentioned that is part of your own personal development if you guys wish to they're pretty much just subsections of the guild so you could easily be part of e- in any of them or all of them except for the of course the administration administration you're not part of but you can be part of like the sorcerers part of the administration team. Now, can we also be a part of multiple multiple parts of them? Yes. Like you can be you could be training with the fighters, uh, the you know the warrior section of the the guild, you know training up your body, and then you could still be you know fucking. Your actual class is a wizard, so you're part of the fucking Sorcerer's Guild, learning new spells and shit. You'll just be a buff-ass wizard. Think of it as a way to... A way to show, like, multi-classing in the world. Just having the different factions. So yeah, story-wise, they're there for you to, you know, just help build your character. They're not gonna, like, you know, grossly change anything. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, well, can we be part of both? More than one? Yeah, they're basically, they're basically just resources to help out the adventurers with their normal daily tasks. Okay, all right, cool. So, like, the warrior guilds help all the adventurers keep in shape and shit. This, the, the the Halls of Secrets is there to not only receive quests from other nations, but also to, you know, give information to the guild about the quests that are there beforehand. They're kind of like fact check. They're also the ones who collect the payment for the adventure. Oh, okay. So the payment pretty much like when we need to get paid we go to that one particular guild to get paid well not exactly when you go turn your quest you'll still talk, go to like the general guild hall talk to one of the guild 
uh, administration characters, and they will, of course, give you your payment and shit like that after you show that the quest is complete. But uh, when a, a quest is uh, originally set up, it's uh, uh, the Halls of Secrets are the ones who go find information about the quest. They talk to the quest giver. They receive the payment. They bring the payment back to the guild hall and shit like that. They are literally the information network of the guild. Anyway, he asked, uh, you asked if we were getting a new mission. Yeah, I was, uh, I pretty much came to you guys and said, hey, uh, you guys are heading to the Ventures. Uh, looking for like a new mission or anything because I was looking to maybe pick something up if you guys want to tag along I think I'm ready to go on and do a drunk all the time only drink to cover problems okay so I guess this may be fun but I guess I'll tag along alright cool well let's go and while you guys see me do that I kind of you see me just sober up I would assume you're gonna be stumbling all the way up to the board mm, yeah so you guys are leaving the tavern did you pay your tab oh yes I need to go back and pay my tab yeah mm-hmm yeah I don't want to <laughs> fuck with the Amazon lady. I don't want to <laughs> fuck with the Amazon lady. nah nah Nah, dog. You ain't gonna have me get fucked up by it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you asked for all this information about the bartender, and then you walk out on your bill. Bro, mm. How much is how much is how much is my tag? Because I, I'm not trying to get my ass handed by Amazon, dog. Not on day one. Nah, not on day one. Sure, you don't want death by snooze now? Nah, I don't think it's gonna be death by snooze. I think it's gonna be death by. It's gonna probably go warrior princess Zeno on my ass. Nah, we good. We good. <laughs> So you return, you return to the bar as uh, you suddenly rethink your life, and uh, you you see the Amazon uh, take notice of you, and she says, "Oh, you're trying to uh, to catch up." Yes, yes, yes. I, I am. Um, I forgot to pay my tab. Um, don't kill me. My bad. Apologies. Uh, how much is it? I had like four beer, four, four tankers. You see a, uh, some sort of handle in her hand that, uh, she kind of like lets go and you just hear a loud and heavy thunk behind the counter. Oh, it's, it was only about seven copper. Seven? Oh, um, here's ten. I kind of keep looking at the heavy looking for the heavy sound here's 10 yeah I thank you come around now cool see ya I would have also gone back as you guys are, are you know le- uh, leaving or well as Sackis is leaving you hear the that shaky fellow that uh, was sitting next to you guys uh, kind of hear him kind of like muttering to himself and then you hear him say Oh, she almost grabbed it. She almost grabbed the mall again. Oh, I don't want to see it. Don't want to feel it. Don't want to experience it again. It's not my fault. It was only a cup. It's not my fault that it broke. A cup broke and she did. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. How was I supposed to know your father made it? What? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Uh, David, you might want to pay that Jesus Christ, this lady is this, this is scary. <laughs> she got a guy having a PTSD. Oh, shit. And he's paying for it every single day. <laughs> oh, no. Mm-mm. That's, that's terror, dog. I mean, the best part about it is that's also a platinum adventurer. Oh, what? Mm. You know what? Yeah, y- y'all might want to pay y'all tab. Unless y'all want to, y'all, y- y'all adventure early. 
Death by barmaid. Bruh. She problem. Problem, problem. Mm-mm. I mean, the tavern is affiliated with the guild. Are you surprised here? Good point. They probably use her for like fucking killing like dragons and shit. Jesus Christ. I just want to take notice that you guys also didn't expect the tavern as you guys were here, so you didn't see other indicators of this individual. Nope. <laughs> but anyway, nope. yep. Atreus, you yep. came yep. up to pay your tab. Uh Barmaid looks towards you, so the like, oh, Yes, it's uh for you it was only about it was only a single copper. Just hand that to me. Okay. And I, uh, I apologize for getting as I walk up. I start walking from the table when I see him walk up. It might be easy. It's okay, man. Okay, you head over to the counter, and uh, the barmaid looks towards you and also says a singular copper for you. You, you, you brought terror in the first, first, first session. Congratulations. I don't really say that's terror. I was just. She has a mace that scared a freaking platinum adventurer. That he is not. He has constant PTSD and continues to pay for it. Pay for it. So, sir, that is terror. It's not terror. That's just world building. I wish I, I wish you could see my face right now. So as you guys all leave the tavern, you've walked out into the bustling town and you you can see uh, a few blocks away is the massive structure that is the guild hall. The area that you are currently in is known as the hub which is mostly a, cole- a collection of various uh, shops, inns, and taverns that all cater to the Adventurer's Guild. This area is always heavily busy at, pretty much at all times of the day as people are going in and out of these buildings all the time, either setting up for different adventures or simply restocking diminishing supplies. People see this area as a second town's hall, in a sense. A second center to the city. Alright, so you guys gonna take a stroll towards the adventures hall? Yeah. Neat. So as you guys walk down these streets, you... Your passive perception just picks up that these streets are pretty clean, surprisingly. It seems like this area of the city is kept in pristine condition. Not only is it constantly bustling, it it seems like there are various units just there to make sure this area stays completely pristine. One such, uh such caretakers you uh you pass it's an individual with various uh slime monsters and it seems like this indiv- uh this individual who is a halfling commands them as they are his pets they simply go around absorbing the garbage and the litter on the streets and they actually leave these the roads as if they were just built. The halfling gives you a nod as you continue on your way. And as you round the corner, you can you can hear just loud cheers as down this new alleyway, you notice the very large Colosseum at the end of it. It seems like there are some type of games going on there and people all are, all are swarming the stands. 
It's almost deafening, even from where you're standing. As you continue on your way, there, um, you see various shops all akin with different uh, items that would be useful to adventurers, rather be reagents to equipment to pieces of beasts. Anything you can think of could be found here, it looks like. And as you approach the large building at its center, you just see these doors basically just being held open at this point as tribes of people just coming in and out of the building pretty much at each of their various entrances. The guild hall that reads looking at my list. Hold on. I think I gave, I think I gave this one a name. I'm not sure. I did give this one a name. So the guild hall has, uh, has a massive, uh, banner that it reads the wolf's den. It even has its coat of arms like a, like a city-state might have, or a kingdom, which gives even more to its independent stance on uh, just being a neutral party. It's also very different than the city's uh, coat of arms, which is that of a stag. Why a wolf and a stag would be hand in hand together is quite strange as considering they are predators in the wild but it seems that they have their own form of harmony here the wolves being the muscle while the stags moving the merchandise as you enter these massive halls you see that there are just adventurers everywhere either talking about their day grabbing a new quest or simply just relaxing in the lounge area This place is filled to the brim with all types of different adventurers, from from fresh blood to seasoned veterans. They all seem to just wander these halls, and you you feel like you're just in in a place of titans. The inside is made of made of mostly marble, that it's so smooth to the touch, as if you were touching glass the even with as much foot traffic as it's getting it's pristine in cleans, uh, cleansiness and the the administration is noticeable by their unique uniforms each uh admin seem to all be wearing a red jacket that varies on each administrator but due to you know different sizes of people but majority of them seem to wear it quite snugly uh snug to their body there are a few cases that uh they have been modified in a sense whether it be war, uh, the administrations from the Warriors Guild, seeing how they cannot fit perfectly into that uh, that red jacket, they have they have torn off the arms and pretty much just made it into a snug tank top. So you all are just now standing here in the main lobby of the Adventurers Guild. And pretty much, you are rocks in a swarm of ants, as this place is just so active. Yeah, I guess. I guess you're right. I guess maybe around where those crowded people are, maybe the actual adventure board. We can check it out. So, as you guys go to move uh, move forward, a creature walks up to you to you guys wearing a wearing the red jacket of the uh, the administration, but the species seems a bit off. 
It is a small golem, roughly three feet in height. That uh, it it kind of just waddles up to you, and you hear the voice of I you believe to be its puppet master. It says to you, "I'm sorry, but due to the high uh, high volume of adventurers in the hall today, we're requesting that all adventurers." Use the automated system to assist them with taking new quests or turning in new, uh, turning in quests they have completed. So, to fill out an automated system request, that's awesome. The golem pull, the golem pulls out a a a half dome and with its long arms like holds it up towards you please review this information crystal as current requests are recorded in here once you have found once you have found a quest that you are you are interested in please return to this unit to have final authorization of acceptance upon the quest it hold it holds the half dome that seems to be made at a pure crystal towards you, waiting expectantly. Suppose we should find the board then. I guess I take the crystal if you guys don't want to take it. You can grab it. Alright, cool. Well, I grab the crystal. The uh, the small golem uh, retracts its arms and then kind of gives a a pseudo-bow toward you all. Thank you for your understanding, and good and stay safe out there, adventurers. It then begins to waddle away, heading towards a new group of adventurers who are also standing still in this uh, torrent of just bodies. It begins its speech again, uh, speech again as those adventurers take notice of it as well. Hmm. So, I guess I find a table for us to sit at, sit at, so we can kind of look it over. Go ahead and do a perception check. This place is very busy. There are tons of people everywhere. All are just suckers. As you kind of, it's whoever's looking for the table. As you, you, you know, you kind of like peek your head around bodies to try to spot an empty, uh, empty place that you can sit. You, you notice that it seems like they this place just keeps growing in number by the second. I got a 19. 19, and then what did uh, anyone else? Not 20. Not 20, Jesus Christ. Damn. All right, well, go ahead and explain. You do find a table with your nat 20, so go ahead and uh, explain how you spot said table. Uh, so I'm standing there, uh, there's a group in front of us, and they stand on their table, and I scout around, and I run across each table until I found an empty one, and I yell and wave at the guys over here. <laughs> so you run, running over people. you embrace your any inner Chinese movie fucking, you know, samurai flick, and you just start air walking across the tables, just beaming towards this new empty table claiming it as your own and waving over your compatriots. Of course, some adventurers take notice of this and they kind of give you strange looks as, uh, you know, that was a bit excessive. But eventually they kind of just, you know, wave you off as just another crazy adventurer. Oh my god, this man fucking doing ninja shit already. So I guess we go sit down and uh, use the crystal to see what new new quests we got. Shit, I should have made him do a fucking dexterity or acrobatics for that shit. <laughs> should have hit him with the acrobatics for that shit. My other thought was I looked inside and set my skull for so he look around. Okay, so you claim the sable, you all sit down, and uh, you put the crystal in front of you. But the question is, do any of you know how to use the I mean, wouldn't we know it since we kind of 
already kind of seasoned? Well, no, as you said, it's new. You said it was a process they did. Fuck. I hand over to uh to my buddy over here, uh, Atreus. I kind of hand over to Atreus. I'm like, you would you like to open this crystal? I make a either insight or arcana check to see if I can figure out how this thing works. We'll go with insight first to just see if you can, you know, gather the inner workings of this device. At a 16. Okay. So you notice that this is some type of arcane crystal that it seems that there has been a, some uh, information kind of printed into it, like a CD. And you notice that uh, it does have some type of faint charge of energy within it. As you look it over, you notice that there are several indentations that seem to be for fingers. Suppose I would probably put my fingers there. In the putting your fingers in it? Or no, it's just like it almost buttons, not like indenture. Yeah, it's it's more like uh like an like an indent of where you'd put your fingers. Not like a button. Yeah, so I'd like place my hand or fingers on those indents. Okay, so as you line up your fingers to those indents, which seem to seem to envelop the top of the dome, like how you would hold maybe a crystal ball, it begins to glow as it seems like a light from below begins projecting into the crystal internally and displaying a bunch of what you assume to be quest bills before you. And the, I can read them, right? Yes, it's in the common tongue. Uh, I would suppose I'd kind of... Can everyone see these, or is it just me? It's everyone. Everyone can see it. Suppose as a group, we'd probably just start looking at those. Insight to change the page. <laughs> That is a 13. Bruh. So you sit there looking at at just that single bill, which is just a bill to go find a uh, a grapevine that apparently this old person remembered from their childhood. You knew this is not what you want. Definitely not what you want. Not even going to waste your time with this this fresh blood you know quests but uh as you kind of sit there with the crystal in hand you're just all like how the fuck do I go to the next one you fission with it for a minute until it seems that uh you kind of push into the in, uh into the in, indentations a bit more and that seems to cause the dome itself to rotate a bit and with that rotation a new build is shown this one seems to be a little bit of a step up from the previous one it seems like this one is hunting a few hobgoblins that uh, got close to a caravan's trade route although still a copper level quest I'll look at the group and just ask if they want to go on to the next one. I mean, it's basically a sending caravan of goblins, right? No, it's basically you're hunting down. It's you're hunting down a hobgoblin's nest and killing it, basically, for that one. Goblin slayer. I want to do it. Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! Whoa! That episode, episode one. Nope. Mm. That was intense. What do you mean? That was actually kind of played down. I know. It was played down a lot, actually. Oh, my God. It just caught me off guard. I was like, not expecting that episode. You didn't get the chestburster goblins? We'll probably just go to the next one. Yeah, we can see if there's, if there's another one. The next one is a bronze level quest. This one seems to be more in line with some previous work that you have all done. 
This one is routing a bandit's, uh, a small bandit's encampment that uh, seemed to have appeared in the southern woods, heading towards the Orcish tribes, uh, states. I think that one's a good one to keep in mind. Uh, but then let's just go on to the next one. Yeah, keep that one in mind. The next one is a another bronze level quest. This one is uh this one is mentioning this one is mentioning killing a few flame uh fire salamanders for their for their bodily materials. Seems to be a request from the uh a, of a town a few miles westward. Seems they have a festival uh, about to rear, uh, about to start up, and they need the dead carcasses of the of these fire salamanders for various festivities things. Hmm. So we do a carnival quest. Kill kill the hobgoblins. I think there's still more. Hobgoblins come Bandit snares should become bandit killers. And if we kill the salamander, we can take their flame sights because they won't eat the carcass. We could use that for more gear. Hmm. I'm down for it, whatever, you guys. I mean, we can use this as an intro to kind of meet each other. Like the, the fire one, do you guys want to see what else there is? Or? Do the fire one. Yeah, so I say let's do the fire fire goblins, the fire salamander. Fire goblins, okay, we're writing that down. <laughs> oh, oh no, we are not. We we're good. Nope. nope. Elemental goblins, we're doing this. Oh hell no! Nah. I regret everything, giving this man ideas. Shit. Well, well, and sorry about that, guys. We'll end the session on that. Oh no. I mean, really, you can, like, you can like, easily disregard that whole fire goblin. Nope, in the notebook. Okay. I'm just happy he didn't give us mission to find a flying cat. I am too, because we're not doing that flying cat bullshit. No. I mean, technically, it wasn't even a cat. It was a fucking fae. Just saying. Yeah, nah, bro. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, we kept this one short. We'll go into more detail, uh, you know, our next thing which that will be on tailspire so if you don't have it i will stream it if you have it you can join the game and you can actually move around with your character you can also uh type in tailspire add your character which will print out uh it'll, it'll come kind of if you play any kind of a kind of M R you know rpg or some shit like that that you could type into into like a chat it brings up chat boxes so your piece will shoot out whatever the hell you're saying or whatever you are controlling at that time so you know if if you want to say something during like combat or some shit or where we're talking and you wanted to you know slide something in you can do that in there by just typing in the chat box and you know everyone can see it also you know monologues and shit like that i'll probably throw it in there while reading it off so you guys have a visual aid as well plus it looks kind of cool when it's coming from an actual piece that's talking at you guys that'll work i've been playing with it for a while i've been using it for uh Tipping scale session, mm-hmm. not not bad. I like it. Yeah, it's way better than freaking tabletop. Foundry, way the fuck better than tabletop too. It's less resource heavy. Yup, because it's like you have a own private server initially there automatically. And you got to worry about searching it. But yeah, we will of course. Uh, you know, you'll get your official start on your adventure. Uh when our next session happens we'll have your we'll have your pieces and we'll also since you guys selected to go after the salamanders we'll get you squared away with that and your your actual approval 
and then you guys will go in and uh, do your thing. Hey everybody, Rick here. Just want to thank you all for listening to our podcast, and I hope you are entertained as I am entertained by watching these poor souls run through my gauntlets. Hopefully they can make it through, but you know, you know how D&D goes. <laughs> well, stay tuned for more fun adventures.